Welcome to the RuPaul Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 9, titled Divine Inspiration. My name is Daniel Brewer from the podcast Dubious Intent Plus, and I am joined by my two amazing co-hosts from the podcast, Big Silly Homo and Cocktails and Cream Plus. Please welcome Donna Sugars. Hello, darling. Hello, my dearest. How are you this evening? Oh, goodness. I wish I was on my own computer, but I am using another. Oh, I yes. I feel your pain, honey. I am in a hotel room on a crappy connection. So for those of you who may say, hey, you don't sound the same this week, that's, yeah, we will be back to normal next week. But yes, we're, yeah. we're, we're do- using uh, cups and strings this week. But the uh, Joe Batanz has lost his voice and he is not here with us this evening. However, from northern Mexico, which is also sometimes called Canada, we are joined by the lovely and talented Beth Western. Well, good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh, and how many rooms do you have? About six or seven. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, Beth Western, better known as Turniphead from the Turnip Style podcast, as well as Took and Beanie. How, how are you, sir? I am doing really, really good. Today was our first nice day, so there were a lot of uh, squirrels out to look at while we were running errands. It was awesome. Excellent. Now, you were saying... By squirrels, you mean sexy men. I menses, yes. Oh, that's right. That is your your title for them. Uh, You were telling me pre-show that you actually were given the name Beth Western. Is that... Yes, that is true. Back Back in my day and where I came from, you did not choose your own name. You were given a name. So my name was given to me by my drag mom, uh, Tootsnell the Wolf and Pickle, and Twiggy. <laughs> and yeah, that's how I got the name, Beth Western. Excellent. So. All right. This week, the library was open for the mini challenge, and the maxi challenge involved doing musical vignettes based off of John Waters movies. Guest judges Demi Lovato and John Waters were on hand to finally put an end to the fame train. Ladies, any initial thoughts on the episode? I am yeah. so excited the bitch is gone. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, good luck, good riddance. Now, I kind of feel sorry for her. She's, really? Just the way they all picked on her at the end there, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, she's not the brightest bulb on the tree, but she's she's not vindictive or hard. You know what I'm saying? She's She seems yeah. like a genuinely good person. But it was how she got by this far on her looks and on luck. And now that she has gotten, she finally could not lean on anyone because she was on a team of duds. <laughs> this finally showed her for what she is. She is me... a beautiful drag queen with beautiful outfits. Yes. And That's if you it. and if you wanted a Celine Dion impersonator singing a Demi Lovato song, that would have been the go-to performance <laughs> right there. If you wanted the Gugbier Blim dressed up like Celine Dion singing a Demi Lovato song, we have the perfect performance. I'm just thinking, if you take that lip sync performance of her gliding across the stage there and put My Heart Will Go On underneath it, I think you've got a YouTube clip right there. And considering her dress kind of looked like an iceberg, we're set. It did. Right. Uh, Any other thoughts uh, there, Beth? Well, no, I just like my, the biggest thing that I kept writing down on my pad while I was watching the show is fame is clueless. Fame is clueless. There just was no substance. Like, yeah, pretty to look at. Um, but you know, it's like a, a Porsche with a lawnmower motor inside doesn't work, <laughs> you know, doesn't fulfill you. So, you know, that's kind of what I thought. Thank you for that automotive reference. You should probably I thought, I thought I would, I would, I thought I would butch it up just a little bit and then let's all fag it up. Yeah. For the homosexuals out there, it's like using a dildo, but using like leaving the batteries out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after Jaden's elimination, Ginger washes off Jaden's lipstick mirror message, which read, Stay fierce and work with a Q that puts. I love you all, JDF. Learn the spell, dear. The girls gather in the workroom and almost immediately, Fame and Pearl get into it. Stop to be honest with you. And this is not a read on you. But like, if I walked out there with a dress I just picked off the rack, they would have clocked me for not trying hard enough. I'm not on the same page as Pearl. She's been relaxing. I came here to play and to win. All you can do is chill the fuck out and just do you. It's working for me. The dynamics have changed since Trixie went home. Like, some people are falling to pieces. Some people are rising to the top. Some people are cruising on the Pacific Coastal Highway. (laughs) Now, when he said some people are cruising on the Pacific uh, Coast Highway, he pointed at himself, saying me, which got a huge... Uh, reaction in the bar that I was watching that at. That was that, was a, it, that line went over very well. So. Yeah. Yes, people in Wisconsin know all about the PCH. Let me just say this. I and I, I was I was I wasn't here last week, and I apologize for that. But uh, I am in Madison, Wisconsin, which there is a uh, a drag queen 
from not far from here who uh, you might have heard of before. Her name is Trixie Mattel. Uh, she's from Milwaukee, and she often performs here in Madison at their bar. So it, this is basically her hometown bar. And let me tell you, in New Haven, when I watch it on a normal basis, there are maybe 15 or 20 of us there. There are easily 70 to 100 people in this bar awesome. both Monday nights, half of them wearing those pink Trixie Mattel T-shirts. Uh, and every single time Trixie walks onto the screen or says anything or does anything, it is it's like being at a European soccer match. I mean, it's just like people are pounding on the on the bar and stomping their feet and hooting and hollering. It's it is insane. It's crazy. It's it's really fun. Oh, so I would give anything to walk into there in a ginger minge t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I hate her, I just want to do it to see what they do. All right. Well, I think. Uh, Joe had had alluded to this before. He didn't understand what the whole Pearl versus uh, Miss Fame, you know, uh, sniping back and forth was. Do you think it was all just basically building up to this? Just the they were going to lip sync against each other, and this was supposed to be an emotional uh, high point or something. There's been this. You you've actually seen this in previous episodes where it's Fame is very much about the game, even though I, I don't. I really don't understand how she's made it through all these acting challenges. But she's been very about the game, and Pearl is just like, whatever, passing another Ridland. And it just seemed to be how they are. And they've kind of been a little snippy back and forth about that, because one is so about the game, and the other one just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So I, this, is just, this is them just nailing that. Like, this is just I'm going to, I need to interject on that, because I'm going to disagree with that. I don't think that... Um, and it goes back to the conversation that happened later, but I don't think Pearl doesn't give a fuck. Pearl's just laid back and relaxed and doesn't freak out and focuses her energy on the competition and what she needs to do to perform instead of freaking out and having a little hissy fit in the, in, in the workroom. And I, like, there's no sense in freaking out about something you have no control about or what you don't know is going to happen. Why don't you focus your energy on what you need to do to bring the game to the table and go from there? Wait, wait, wait. So you're trying to say that you don't think that she's freebasing fucking Xanax. Like, (laughs) this is, this is a level of, of calm that you only see with like people who had serious head trauma. Like, I mean, well, it's Miss Sugars, like uh, Sugars. I've never had head trauma, but the next time my heart's trying to quit on me and I have to take myself to the ER, you come with me and you see how calm I am. Well, that's true. Yeah. Turnip head is no uh, stranger to the ER. Uh, for the mini challenge, RuPaul brings in a very familiar prop. Y'all went through it during our little reunion last week. So listen, this is a good time to vent. Officially. Now, in the great tradition of Paris burning, the library is about to be open. Yes. Because reading is what? Fundamental. That's right, children. Mm-hmm. Titled mm-hmm. Reading is Fundamental, this week's mini challenge had the girls give their best reads on each other. Of course, none of them could compare to the best read of the night. Which was the best read of the night? <laughs> okay. Is oh, sorry. Ben Affleck? Girl, I must be hungry for the dick if I think this thirsty bitch is her. <laughs> Katya, now you get to increase your hooking fee. Thank you, RuPaul's Drag Race. Fact. Now, all I got to say is, if I was on a challenge, now, Donna, if you get on this show and yeah. you hear that music playing, then stop doing what you're doing. Because <laughs> 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 we're not uh, supposed to talk about the editing, so I assume that they're hearing the music as it's going on. Um, I can be a vicious evil bitch, so... I will be preparing reads for all these bitches as of episode one, which is what yeah. every good queen should be doing. Well, Here's exactly. What, they should be doing their homework. Actually, and I, I'm glad that you said that because I have these next two clips here, and I wanted to uh, compare and contrast. So, uh, Adam, uh, our sound engineer, Adam, who's running the show tonight, can you actually play clip 11 first? Play that right now. Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> Maybe. Where Maybe. is clip 11? Shit. Um, Best produced podcast ever. Stop, Ginger Minge. The library is open, darling. Trixie Mattel. Making fun of you is like shooting clownfish in a barrel. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's about as fishy as you'll ever be. <laughs> Miss Fame. I think everything about you is so original. Except for those lips, those cheeks, and oh, everything you present to the judges on the runway. <laughs> Okay, now, what I wanted to say about this is this 
is kind of like the core of my problem with Ginger Minch. These are generic reads, right? You know that there's going to be someone there that has clown makeup, right? You know there's going to be somebody there who's fake. So it's like these are just generic reads. And the thing is, is that as much as I had, I have to defend fame on this. Fame has turned out some beautiful looks that no one has seen before. That's true. So for Ginger to sit there and say, oh, well, you're turning out this boring stuff. Really, Queen? Said the Queen in the same fucking wig that you wear every single friggin' week? <laughs> but I just, I guess my point is, is that it just seemed really generic. Now contrast that with uh, clip number four, which is Trixie Mattel. So Adam, cl- clip number four. Katya, where do you get your outfits, girl? American, apparently not. <laughs> Ginger Minge. Girl, did you ever save Carol Ann from the poltergeist in the TV? <laughs> Violet, I don't believe the rumors. I don't believe you took Sharon Needle's crown. I don't believe you're taking this one either. Now, those are specific reads, right? There's no way that you're going to know ahead of time that there's going to be someone who looks like the old woman from Poltergeist uh, on the show, right? No, that's true. But I have to say, I found everything really predictable and like nothing clever about anything. Really? So you, yeah, I, I, there's only one person that made me laugh and it was Pearl with the eye on the prize. Um, and I don't know why it made me laugh, but seriously, my comments were no laugh, no laugh, horrible, no, no smirk. All right. And I, Pearl's laugh. So who was your favorite though, Donna? All right. So Pearl was your favorite, uh, Beth. So who was your favorite, Donna? I, I, I have to say that I enjoyed Trixie. Now the Pearl joke that, that, he is talking about i absolutely agree with it's probably the best line of the of the, all the reading all right hold on before before we say anything else then adam play play clip clip number five kennedy davenport you've got your eye on the prize and your other eye on the crown <laughs> katya are you confused the saying is young dumb and full of cap <laughs> rupaul Close and Pearl, the door is open there. <laughs> All right, so that's Pearl's. But go ahead, Donna. Now, I love Trixie's. I thought Trixie's were funny, and they, yes, they were not, they were good. I enjoyed them out of all of them. But what I will say is Pearl did something that no other queen has ever done. Amen. For Rue. <laughs> he Amen. never gave it, but he should, he should have. Frankly, Rue should have just let him give it, because... If if Pearl can read Rue, I mean that would she would have gone down in history as the the greatest and ballsiest queen ever. I agree with you, and that's why Rue. I mean, why why Pearl bumped up to me? She had the fucking balls to do that, or the chicks to do that. All right, my favorite uh, was Katya, and that Adam is clip number twelve. Bitch, <laughs> Pearl. Uh-huh. Now that you've come out of your shell, maybe you could use that as a butt pad. <laughs> <laughs> Violet Chachki, you keep training those corsets, girl. Pretty soon your waist size will be lower than your IQ. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Fame, you are such a talented makeup artist. I have never met anybody who's able to shove their head so far up their own ass without smudging their eyeliner. (laughs) Ginger Mint. Uh, That was Violet that started there. But yes, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I love Katya, but uh, that's... uh... But I have to say, out of all of them, Katya's reads... Uh, obviously, Pearl's first read and Katya, all of Katya's reads were on the spot, based in fact on these queens. Like yes. they thought these up when they got here. Yep. They ha- they did not have these. They didn't pull these out of their ass for months before a planet. Right. So uh, I guess my question is, well, a my question is this, Don. Did you did you get your application done on time? Because I know you had some issues with your apartment and having to to move and stuff. Did did you at least get your 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 submission done i did not oh donna i did not um but in the next year i am actually going to be performing a few times here in buffalo and i think with that uh once i get on a stage that is going to help here's the thing here's the thing and i know this is this is i'm sorry dear audience please forgive me a moment while i talk to one of my dear friends donna sugars donna you and i have had this conversation before you are an amazing fierce fucking drag queen that people love i have never in my life every year we're in vegas i have never in my life seeing people throw themselves at a drag queen like that and go absolutely insane because you are in a loved. mediocre opening show the yeah, worst it doesn't matter, show it doesn't matter. donna people love you because you 
are a true person. I mean, you, 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 you're true, right? You're not fake. You're, you're great. You're witty. You're funny. You're adorable. You know, we all love you. But here's the thing. You, like so many people that are awesome, have that little voice of doubt that you let creep in there. And then you let other people talk to you and try to convince you that you're not, you're looking for people to convince you not to do something. And I'm going to tell you right now, Donna Sugars, that you absolutely, uh, I don't care whether you've never performed or not. Just the process of doing this is good. And then the process of doing this is something that would help you just as much uh, as, uh, as uh, 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 you know, getting some experience on the stage. So that being said, Donna, I don't yeah. care whether you perform this year or not. You better damn well turn in your application next year or I will come up to Buffalo and I will kick your ass. Okay. And I'll be right there behind. I I'll be right there behind Mr. Brewer. I will say that the one thing that actually helped me a lot is that I actually just finished performing in a show here. It's my first time ever on a stage, not acting as a drag queen, even though I was in drag, but I was doing a, a performance at a local theater and I didn't realize that people were laughing at me because I was being hysterical. And there were certain moments where people were like, you're fucking hysterical. You know that when people are laughing, they're laughing at you. Yep. They got the joke. They love it. So this yeah. doing this show is actually a huge boost for me. So I, I, I'm ready. I, I'm going to do it no matter what. All right. It's going in next year. It that, is. Makes me very, that makes me very happy to hear because I saw your photos um, and you did an amazing job. Like you looked fucking fantastic. Yeah, because the the other person I know that wanted to try out was uh, the lovely and talented Veronica Mann from New Haven, but he could not uh, try out because he she. okay she could not try out because she is Canadian like you, Beth, but she doesn't have the right visa. You have to actually have a work you have to have a work visa, not a student visa. Yeah, you have to have a work visa. Yeah. Anyway, uh, onward with the show, Rue. Oh. Rue then explains to the girls the premise of this week's Maxi Challenge. Now, ladies, this week we are paying tribute to the Sultan of Sleeves, the Baron of Bad Taste, the legendary director, John Waters. <laughs> and because the girls' sad stories are getting airtime, we're treated to Rue's version of an emotional thought. All right, ladies, gather round. In moments, you'll be screen testing with the help of Michelle Visage and composer Lucian Piani. And tomorrow on the main stage, the category is Ugliest Dress Ever. So good luck, and by all means, fuck it up. All right. That is not the clip I thought. I thought it was going to be the one where she was talking about her idol, Divine. Oh, well. My bad. With that fucking beard, I want him to sit on my face. <laughs> oh yes, Lucian. Yeah, I mean, I would eat him up sashimi style, girl. Raw. Oh, I can't believe I wrote that line thinking it was a different clip. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, what did we think of the uh, uh, of the maxi challenge overall? And I, I'm I'm gonna break it down into the three skits. But just overall, what did, did we like this maxi challenge? Did we not? I think it's a hysterical challenge. I would frankly have loved to see some girls from previous seasons do this challenge because I think there were a few people this season that were going to just do amazing at it. But I think of like Pandora Box and I think about some of those older teams that would have taken this challenge and fucking done amazing shit. Yeah. I'm going to agree. If I can interject here, I would would really, really inject, um, agree with Donna. I mean, Divine is, um, a staple or or a pillar of what, um, drag is. And, um, while yes, things have changed in, in, in drag history and whatnot, you have to go back to your roots. And I really have to say that there's queens that were in the past that really paid homage to where drag came from. And I would have loved to have seen them, loved to have seen them. You know, I think, and, and I give her a hard time uh, because I don't like her, but, uh, you know, Mrs. Kasha Davis has the right amount of, like, low class and trashiness to her to yes, have probably yes. been okay doing this particular challenge. Yeah, she would have been, yeah, she would have been good. She would have Now, been good. I would love to, I would really, really have loved to have the real read of it all. I would love to know how many of the performers, how many of the girls that are currently on the show know like they probably know of divine right right how many of them saw the films yeah anyone saying the girls like i know all of them have probably seen hairspray but like have they sat through female trouble 
Have they sat through Desperate Living? Have they sat through those classics that were fucking disgusting and still give me nightmares? Pink flamingos, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there was some. I didn't pull the clip, but I or Joe didn't pull the clip. Um, there's uh, there was a discussion I think where Trixie said when she first started doing drag that she watched those in those old Divine films, and that's where she felt like it was okay to be ugly. Like she yeah. she wanted to to be ugly, you know, do ugly drag, and that kind of gave her the hope to do that. I think just. Obviously, Ginger watched it because she was doing a dead-on. Oh, know, totally, she did. She impersonation uh, of that particular character, but uh, or, or, so the teams were broken. They broke into two teams of two and one team of three. So uh, this is in no particular order. But team number one was Katya and Kennedy, and their skit was called Cha Cha Heels. So I thought uh, Katya should have won this challenge. Really? <laughs> you know, I think Michelle Michelle Visage said it best, where she said she took a nothing character. And made it like steal the show and memorable. Now that to me is acting, right? That's, that's winning a comedy challenge as opposed to Ginger faithfully reproducing a someone else's performance. Again, yeah. I remember I am very jaded against Ginger Minj. I'm willing to admit that yeah. uh, up front, but I really, I thought Katya did take a, a really throwaway character and made it hilarious. It is the difference between imitation and originality. Yeah. Like, Creation and imitation are two very different things, and, and Katya and Ginger were prime examples of each. And and it may have just been the editing, or you know, of the final, you know, the final thing that we saw. But I, I thought Kennedy really did well in this particular skit too. So you know, I, I I laughed at what the stuff that she was doing. I know in the in the rehearsal she forgot a mark or you know whatever. But I think in the final product, I really I enjoyed Kennedy's performance in that. I, I keep putting my hand up because I keep thinking we're on video, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I totally agree. I was thrown off by Kennedy because in the last time that Kennedy was in, you know, a skit, kept forgetting her lines. And it set me on a track where I'm like, oh, it's not going to be good. And the, the editors are going to have a hard time um, putting something together that's going to be presentable. And Visage is going to be sitting at the table going, yeah, she just fucked up. I'm sorry, the what? The, the what? Those don't. Oh. What did I? Sorry, where did, where did I lose? Sorry. The term editor. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Oh, yeah, we don't talk about that. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, what what is Michelle Visage bringing to the table when she's the director in her in, chair? Yeah, I get the monster's dead. Okay, all right. Yeah. I will and I and I I will agree with you there, Turner. But I mean, I, I keep switching between calling you Turnipet and Beth. But the that's okay. At the end of the of the evening, when Michelle Visage is giving some of her you know quotes to you know some of her judging comments about. Violet Chachki's performance. I'm like, but you were the director. Why didn't you? Why didn't you tell her this? Well, yeah, I would have only direct so much. I, I know. I, I just, so. I just kind of felt like it's like maybe she should have recused herself from the judging there of that particular segment. Um. Anyway, someone's posting a photo. In the- I'm sorry. I'm just I, there's just something I wanted. Um, oh, it's divine right. with a gun. All right. All right. So the no, next it's not segment. actually. But anyway, go on. Sorry. Team That's number. Team number two it was Fame, Violet, and Pearl, and their skit was called Poo. You have any thoughts on this? I fell asleep. I, you know, what? no, I didn't fall asleep. I got, I took the opportunity to get up and make another cocktail. I thought Violet actually did a fairly decent job of uh, of of doing a little comedy performance there. I was she she may not be the funniest queen on the block, but she she gave it her all there. I mean, I I I was going with her performance there, Donna. I. Oh my god, wait, have we lost Donna Sugars? No, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I, like in true, true raid fashion, I went to hit my push to talk button thinking that. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> um, no, Violet seems to be the only one of that group that really gave it her all outside of her comfort zone and gave you something that, like, she was giving you 100% where the, the other two, it's, it, the three of them were such a bad pairing. And I realized that because these people made their own groups, it was kind of intentional. But if you had maybe split these three up with with other funnier people, maybe those funnier people could have helped you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say that this this shows us too, though that there's three duds that need to rely on somebody. Not one of those was able to shine or bring bring that group forward. So yeah, I kind of think that our best drag queen and or you know your next drag superstar needs to have the ability to take two duds and make a fabulous show. Okay, no, I absolutely believe you. No, I got. Team number three was Trixie Mattel and Ginger Minj, who performed Eggs. Any thoughts on this? I loved the teeth. <laughs> they cracked me up. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean. It left, me, it left me wanting an omelet at the end of it. I wanted an omelet. <laughs> no, I, I liked it. I didn't like watching the rehearsal of it because I was no, like, oh, it was, that was rough. 
that was kind of like dragging your your face across sandpaper, but yeah, the, yeah. the final production was good. The final production was was really good, and not Ginger kind of made fun of herself with. Well, the, I was going to say, yeah, not for nothing. Done spray painted forehead. Not yeah, for exactly. nothing. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, I gotta write I'm this. Sorry, I, I gotta read this line. Not for yeah. nothing. Ginger Minge actually said this. You're, you're playing it a little too sweet. Sweet bitch, have you met me? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that either. <laughs> Hold on, I have to adjust this headset. All right. Okay. Are we good there? All right. Uh, Once their songs and scenes had been completed, the girls prepare for tonight's main stage theme, The Worst Dress Ever. She's going real soft today. I like how you block out your hairline to put dark brown over the top of... It gets rid of the texture. Do I talk to you about how you do your makeup? No, but you should be. Ooh! You're an idiot. Bitch, you're very blessed. Your talents have taken you far, and I'm struggling. It's okay, your insecurities can take you there. And your lack of will to be here has really gotten you far. When it comes to fame, anyone could read her, and she's like, like, totally joins in, it's cute. But, like, the second I would, I always felt, like, some weird underlying tension. I don't know. She was like, God. Girl, she wants to fuck you. I don't know why you don't understand <laughs> that. He's, yeah, he's darling, he's young. He doesn't realize how fuckable he is. Um, I, I'm kind of to the point that I'm over the tape. Like, really, bitch? Like, what are you doing with the tape? Like, your forehead as a boy is so tight. Your eyebrows <laughs> are so talking about fame? Yes, fame with that tape. Oh my god, I've been screaming at the television for the last nine episodes, you know, hanging out with my pot, my, my little, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race clutch, and going, doesn't anybody else see the fucking tape? Everyone sees it. That's the problem. But, I mean, for those of you out there that don't know what the tape is for, the tape pulls your forehead back. You would normally put two pieces of tape on the sides and the temples where, where you see her tape all the time, and you should put to right underneath the ear on the jawline and you pull them back with cord, it pulls your chin tight and your forehead back, giving her a more feminine face. His face is so Botoxed and it does not move. It's so tight. You don't need those. I don't understand. It, I, I don't understand why you're doing something for something that's already perfect. I, it, just, I just, it doesn't make sense. It's like wanting to wash a, a car that was just washed. Like, it's done. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know if if this is appropriate or not, but did you both watch Absolutely Fabulous? Yes. Okay, so there was a an episode where Patsy gets involved with uh, a politician, and it's a big sex scandal, mm-hmm. and she's all excited about um, Hello Magazine coming to do an interview, and she's using the tape with the elastics, but she's got them, you know, right for comedic effect, you know, completely visible. And that's totally what the second fame walked in that first episode. That's what I saw. And that's oh all I've been able to think about. Oh yeah, the, the, cops, the cops are coming to somebody. I don't know who. No, that's me. You know, the sirens. I'll beat myself in a second here. Covered up because of that headdress. There are a few times that she has had it covered up where you almost didn't see it. But she is putting that tape way too low, which makes me think the more I see her, she has got a really big head. She has a very large head because these wigs, if these wigs were properly fitted to her head, they would cover them. Yeah. That's just no, I would agree with you. I agree with you on that 100%. Totally. Uh, Ginger, and then we're shifting topics here a little bit. Ginger Minge and Kennedy discussed the trials of being a professional drag queen. What's been your big struggle with drag? Well, my whole career has been a struggle. It's my primary source of income. The bookings are very scarce. Drag, it barely paid the bills. I have no retirement. No girl. Right. <laughs> like, I have nothing. It's just been, you know, a lot of sacrifices being made because you wanted to pursue your dream as, a, as an entertainer. A full-time job as a female impersonator is not easy, especially when you have bills to pay. But I stuck with drag because entertaining is my life, is my passion. It's the life of a working artist. It's like, it's hard, but it's satisfying and it's exciting. Now, I just wanted to say this because I I don't often talk about my credentials, right? I am not a drag performer. (laughs) Now, go with me here. Go with me here. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am not a drag performer. However... Uh, when I was in college, I was a bartender at a gay bar, at a gay bar that had a, a you know, five night a week drag show. 
and so I know, you know, I've, I've been there with all the drag queens, like behind the scenes and whatever. Almost all of our drag queens in Florida, and I worked in Ybor City, almost all of our drag queens there had day jobs. Very few of them would do this as a full-time career. And it was a true sacrifice because you would go and work your day job and then come and be in the club until, you know, midnight or 2 a.m. Uh, and then have to get up the next day to go do your, you know, to do your day no, job. I- I'm going to agree with you and support you on this because when I, you know, grew up in backwood, uh, backwater Mexico, northern Mexico rather, mm-hmm. um, it was the same thing. All the queens had full time jobs, and this was like a hobby. Um, yeah. There, it wasn't a paid thing. You got tips, um, and how good you were, you know, reflected in your tips. But it wasn't until I moved to Toronto, and there are some queens here that are full-time queens that make a living off of it and live very well. Yeah, but those are rare. Those are the exception. Not right. the yeah, rule. You're totally yeah. the exception. That's not the rule. You have to fucking bust your ass to make it happen. Right. And I guess I feel, you know, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming at here. It's just like, I don't yeah. necessarily feel bad. If you're not making enough money as a drag queen, then do what Get every, a job, bitch. Yeah, do what every other drag queen in the world. In fact, I'll give you a little uh, behind the scenes secret to working in a drag club. Uh, people love to buy drag queen shots. They love to buy them shots. They love to buy them drinks. Um, and these drag queens that have day jobs, of course, can't get shit faced. So <laughs> behind the, the reason that most drag queens prefer uh, tequila shots is because the drag, the bartenders will actually give them a shot of water, which looks like tequila. <laughs> So it's oh, like yeah. tequila or vodka shots. We will give them uh, basically glasses of water, which they they thank us for because they you know. So we have strict mm. instructions ahead of time. It's like whatever it is. Oh, I, I remember yeah, those days. Yep. Yeah. Whatever it is, you need to make it non-alcoholic. So I I gotta read, which that happens at strip clubs. That happens at strip clubs as well with the strippers. Yep. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. I, I gotta read Kennedy though. Okay. It's, you're talking about your struggle. You're talking about how hard it is to <laughs> be a drag performer and how to pay your bills. And yet you still got money for all those blue contacts, bitch. Those, ain't, those are not cheap. Even okay. if you buy some of those back alley contacts, that shit adds up. What is your natural eye color? Is it black? <laughs> okay, and I, I'm going to say, too, with that clip, I don't know if she sounds more laid back than Pearl, but she sounds pretty laid back when she talks. Yeah. You know, she sounds just as grab, too. Yeah. All right. On the main okay, stage. That was bad. No, it's all right. On the main stage, Rufal walks down the runway in her worst dress ever. And after some small talk with Carson and Michelle, Rue introduces this week's judges, Demi Lovato and John Waters. What did we think of uh, of our guest judges this week? <laughs> Silence. Well, I love John Waters. I, I love John Waters, yeah. Now, I, I, I was going to tell this story a little bit earlier, real quick. So with John Waters, okay, this tells you how naive I was when I was young and gay. I did not know that John Waters was gay. Okay. I didn't know because I had not seen a lot of his movies. Right. So I had a dear friend who used to be a background dancer for RuPaul, real woman, gorgeous, monstrous titty. And she said to me, um, what the fuck is wrong with you? She gave me a stack of VHSs. This tells you the time frame. VHS tapes. Every single John Waters movie. She's like, you need a gay movie education. Made me watch every single one. And she would quiz me to make sure that I had watched them. <laughs> and... and I, I got, a, I have a huge appreciation for him now. I love him. And uh, he also has made the greatest quote I have ever heard anyone say ever. If you go into your trick's house and he does not have books, don't fuck him. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Right? I mean, I, remember that. I, love, I love John Waters. When it yeah. comes to. Man, no, hold on. I have, I have a Kindle. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. There is something, there is something nostalgic about getting an old, you know, leather bound book. I'm not yeah. saying leather-bound books, but shit. I mean, at least have some paperbacks or something. Yeah. But what I will say is, uh, Demi Lovato, I mean, obviously now we know exactly what the song was going to be for the lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just, some of these stars love this show and can't wait to go on the show. This is just the, the show that she drew. I don't think that she really added or took away from this challenge. I, I would like to know, Donna, and I don't know if this is the right time. Sorry, I haven't like scrolled down far enough. But like, do you think that the song that was performed later was a drag worthy song, like a really good drag song? No, I think it, it's a boring song. I think no, that yeah, okay. was a lot of, okay. it was time. Yeah, it was time to come out with Jimmy Lovato's new album. So that you yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. And Donna, can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Where did you see Paris is Burning for the first time? Shit. Um, I believe that was actually that was one of the films uh, handed to me by my dear friend Kelly, 
And oh, okay, cool. One film, that was one of the films. I was 18 years old. I was in beauty school. And, <laughs> beauty, school beauty school dropout. <laughs> beauty school dropout. Got my license. And uh, yeah, no, that was one of the films she gave me. And I did not appreciate it until years later when I started hanging out with a group of gays that very much was this New York style of, of, of homosexual. Right. Very trendy, very cool. And mm. that movie, when I watched it again, made so much more sense. And now it's just, now it's just one of those movies that you watch when you're bored. Cause you just Cause, know the lines and you say them. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And the reason I was curious about this and something I wrote down, um, was, you know, earlier with, you know, the library's open and, you know, it's always in the style of Paris is burning. Paris is burning can be something that's really important to a lot of people. So that's why I had to ask. Sorry. Sorry. It's just one of those quintessential gay movies that I think everyone must watch. Speaking of speaking of quintessentially gay things, Donna, do you have this week's runway look breakdown? I do. Oh, darling, all your dress that had your body on it, I put pussy explosion. Oh, I love it. Now, Kennedy, darling, I I say Kennedy was looking like the grandma from Family Matters. Uh, Cut. I put Hobby Lobby realness. Ginger, my eyes are bleeding. That dress was tricky, darling. Prom queen, class of 1982. Pearl, darling, you're like a less expensive real sex doll. Uh, Violet, darling, I put clown couture. And this name, bitch, you stole my look. (laughs) You would have worn that? I would have obviously cinched it with a belt, but shit, that's like almost every dress I own. Excellent. Adam, what happened to... Oh, my God. Adam, what happened there to goes, music? There it goes. Yeah. There it is. Now that Donna's finished, there's the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not fixing it in post. I'm in a hotel room. So that's that's going to go out that way. I'm so sorry. Uh, the judges stab our missing co-host, Jova Tance, in the heart by criticizing Pearl. Next up, Pearl. Your dress is the least ugliest out of everyone's. I'm not going to lie. I feel cute. With your performance, you knew your lines. A bit hesitant, but we're kind of getting down to the wire here. Yeah. So you need to go for it at this point. Yeah. I didn't even understand you were supposed to be the good divine. Net Pearl. A lot that she's giving during her performances that make us remember her. That outfit, not only is it not ugly, it's incredibly flattering. Mm -hmm. So she does not follow directions. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, And although she finally got the joke, Fame received some much-needed remarks. Next, Miss Fame. Miss Fame, you need ugly lessons. <laughs> because that dress, to me, is incredibly elegant. The performance wasn't my favorite. It was put on so much. As an actress, you don't have to say, look at me, I'm bad. It should come naturally. Right. Miss Fame. There's something about Miss Fame that I root for. When she said, you know, fuck those bitches, I was like, okay, I like her. Her ugly dress was not ugly. The performance was ugly. If I directed her to change something, nope, that's all we were getting. She hears, but she doesn't listen. You know who the star of that scene was? Huh. The dog. <laughs> the dog. Uh, so, there you go. That was uh, Fame and Pearl, who would uh, be our two bottom two this week. What did we think of... Uh, were they right? Were they wrong? What, what do we think? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. That that dress that Fame wore um, was boring. It was dumb. It's like I'm just going to take an Afghan and or not an Afghan, a comforter. It was very Vivian Westwood or um, Alexander McLean, something from the you know early '90s. It's like no, that's not ugly. It's just outdated. I think. Uh, to be completely honest here. Let me just throw this out. Bring it. Fame should have been in the bottom last week. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And she would, and if she had gone up against Ginger Minj or uh, Jaden Dior Fierce, she would have gone home. And looking at the looking at it this week, I think that we would have gotten a far better performance had Jaden Dior uh, Fierce been in this challenge and Fame had gone home last week like she should have. You know why, Donna? Why? Because she would have worked that puss. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rue shakes things up by asking the girls. Who, oh, no, I, I know I was going to say. I was going to say something interjecting here real quick. Um, one of the problems with Logo TV uh, is that it is not in HD in most markets. It is very rare for Logo to be in HD. So it was not until today that I rewatched uh, you know, the, bought the, the episode that I buy on Amazon. 
which it is in HD, it wasn't until today that I realized that Pearl's dress had googly eyes on it because it just didn't come across on SD. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, That was too fine of a resolution. It just looked like a polka dot dress from across the room. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Rue shakes things up by asking the girls who should go home and why. All right, ladies. At this point in the competition, I have to ask the question, who deserves to go home tonight and why? Kennedy Davenport. I would have to say fame because clearly the struggle is real. Katya. I would probably say fame because she's been in the bottom consistently over the past three or so weeks. Ginger Minch. I would have to agree and say fame. I don't know how much more she has to offer. Trixie Mattel. Fame. She dropped the ball in her ugly look and her performance. Pearl. I love her, but you know, I probably have to agree just based on not winning a challenge yet. Violet Chachki. You know, Trixie got to come back in this competition and she should be looked at with a magnifying lens. So I just feel like it should be Trixie. All right, Miss Fame, I want to hear from you. Fuck all these bitches. <laughs> Truth be told, there is this part of Pearl that's like too cool for season seven and that frustrates me because I'm fighting to stay. And she knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't think I'm too cool for season seven at all. I'm actually really surprised to hear that from her. <gasps> now, I gotta say this. Say what you will about Violet, but she is playing this game to win because she's like sitting there going like, fame is no competition for me. No, I need to, I'm gonna throw out somebody who's a comp- you know, who's competition for me that should go home. I'm not gonna quite agree with that. I think, well, no, I agree with you in what you're saying, but I don't think she's strong enough. I think she just wants to figure out who's her competition and let the weaker one, let the weaker queen win. I don't think she's, yeah, she's the one. I don't. Okay. I think Violet was looking ahead. Yes. That's what I mean. If you commonly look at the last couple of challenges, there's usually a triple look challenge that's in the the higher numbers where you're going to give us three looks. It's going to be like a ball or it's going to be like the candy challenge. And the last, I mean, when you're in the top three, it is all fierce looks runways and lip syncing and in her mind i guarantee in violet's mind if fame is in the top three violet's got it because she mm. might well she might be fierce but she can't lip sync to save her life and i don't think she can dance so i, I think know, this I... is just a calculated thought on her mind now donna you and i play world of warcraft so perhaps you will get this but she she looks like one of those ethereals from uh the plague lands so she kind of floated in that dress across the yeah across the runway there it's bandages mm. Ginger was the winner of the evening while Pearl and Miss Fame lip-synced for their lives. Ultimately, Rue's decision was made. Ladies, I've made my decision. Pearl, Shantae, you stay. You may join the other girls. Miss Fame, your 15 minutes with us may be up, but your legend will live Forever. Now, sashay away. There's always time for a queen to part. (laughs) I feel sad. This is like a dream come true to be a part of this. I didn't expect it to be so challenging, you know, and it really, really was. With this experience, it opened up things that I never would have expected for myself. There's no limitation from this point forward. Um, Maybe take a few acting classes, but everything else I feel like... I feel like I did good. Any final thoughts on the episode? I didn't expect it to be so challenging. <laughs> challenging to be on the show and judge them? Yes. It's, uh, how would that be challenging? And what, what gives, what, in, in the fact that this is a contest for $100,000 or whatever, why would you think it would be challenging? That, that seems like anyone should be able to do that. At that point, I was like, I'm resigned. I, I give up. My give up. My give up. You know, like, what the hell were you thinking? Yep. Uh, I, I think overall, uh, you know, wasn't the strongest episode, but I, I generally liked it. Again, I, I watched it in Trixie Mattel's hometown bar. Well, not really, but close to it. And uh, yeah, the, the crowd seemed to enjoy it. And uh, it was, I thought it was a, a, an episode. Okay, I'll throw this out. I don't think the right person won. <laughs> that out of the way. Uh, when it comes to fame, uh, fame was popular in her own right before. And all this is going to do is catapult her in her current venue. She's a YouTube queen. She's mm-hmm. a beauty queen. 
she will continue to be that kind of queen and all this is going to do is get her even more views even more subscribes i hope her career goes great but yeah this, she was never going but but isn't that kind of like the game plan too because like if you look at american idol the person who wins american idol is locked into a contract for years so you want to get up there and not win it and be locked into that contract and make your own contract that works for you yes yeah. uh, okay when it comes to this show this show is unlike i think any other show because your your victory is a very short term deal like in the old days you had you did the tour and you had guaranteed gigs for a year you having one guaranteed you some some quality tv time but if you look at some of the the best people the real talent of these all these episodes of rupaul's drag race have risen to the top and they are the most famous drag queens from these seasons oh i get that yeah i agree i agree honestly eb bonet whatever her name is and tyra sanchez where the fuck are they those were previous winners. Yeah. You, no, I, but where the fuck are uh, they? Um, they're nowhere. Uh, yeah. BBNA has done some stuff on Broadway. Tyra is uh, where the I don't know where the fuck Tyra is. Okay, she behind she behind the Piggly Wiggly on 18th. But, but if you ask about Manila Luzon, if you ask yeah. about even as much as I don't like her, Alyssa Edwards. Um, sh- uh, sh- I keep wanting to say Shangela. You look at you yeah. look at those queens, Willem. I mean, fucking Willem. Look at these Willem's queens. everywhere. Yeah. That they are everywhere and have done everything and have, I mean, Pandora Box, who have gone well and above because they were real talent. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. I, uh, final thoughts on this. I, I kind of am second, second guessing my initial read on Pearl. If you'll recall, the, the first time that Pearl had the lip sync was against Trixie Mattel. And I think I said that week that she inadvertently was channeling Deborah Harry. Like she didn't like mean to do it. However, she was not using that style of lip sync this week. So I'm wondering if maybe that was intentional because uh you know that she I think I think she knows how to adapt, but I really think also what killed fame was wearing the comforter. Um (laughs) there was no body movement. She was just all head. And if you are standing there on the fucking stage and you know that you're wearing a tent then you need to overanimate your face. You need to overanimate your arms. You need to make it work to to build a presence. Otherwise, we're looking at you might as well. You know, yeah, but in that face. dress, in that dress, if you overanimate your arms gliding across the stage, you're going to look like Ursula from Little Mermaid because you can't <laughs> see your feet. You're just going to be but going over there. What I want to throw out there: yes. if you look at previous seasons, if you look at some of these amazing runway performer performances, these people. First of all, she knew that she was going to be in the bottom. She had to have known that dress should have had a second dress underneath it. Exactly. Shit should have been a fucking tear away and she should have been in something gorgeous that she could perform the fuck out of. And, well, she should have also known the words to the song. Yes, that also could have. What I will give one of my, one of the greatest lip syncs of all time. You've got, uh, Raja versus, uh, Carmen Carrera. And Raja strips down her thing and she wants to get all naked and sexy and Carmen's already in a bikini. And she's like, fuck this. She whips her bikini out. Pussy just out. There's the pussy. And you know what? There's always room in this runway for a transformation. Give a transformation. Rip off your wig and have a second wig underneath. Like, well, like um, what's her name? We got left behind on the, at the um, bus stop. Where are my people at? Where are my people at? What's her name? Roxy Andrews. Roxy Andrews, she did that. She whipped her wig off and there was another wig underneath, right? It is really one of the fiercest moments. It's one of the fiercest moments because she made Rue gag. Yeah. And I I don't like her, but I respected that moment. Fame could have done anything. Yeah. I mean, if she had torn it away and she had been fucking in a bikini, I don't give a shit. Do something. Think about the runway. You knew you were going to be doing it. Yeah. Hey, she done her hand. We got some emails. Uh, <laughs> and since I wasn't around last week, uh, some of these came from last week, so uh, we got uh, four or five of them here. Anyway, uh, the first one comes to us from Haley, who writes to us about Raven Simone. Hey, y'all. Bringing the vibe back on your podcast this week made me laugh out loud for 10 minutes. I'm so sad Max went home, but she'll be back, not Trixie. Ooh. Remember little Kenya Michaels? What I really wanted to say was, y'all too old for that so Raven. The whole basis of the show was that she was a sassy psychic teen who made her own ugly clothes. She was a Disney Channel icon, but y'all too old. She was a cheetah girl. 
<laughs> love this podcast. I don't know anyone else, but my mom and I watch it. So I love hearing other people's opinions. Thanks, Haley. Well, thank you very much, Haley. And you are correct. We are too old. <laughs> um, Haley, though, Haley, darling, I, I don't want to read our listeners, but uh, I will say that I, I was brought up on a Disney Channel feature film. Uh, she was also in Xenon, the second Xenon movie. Uh, she did a lot of terrible sequels. The Princess Diaries 2. Like, we want to talk about terrible sequels that she's been in. I mean, but she's done other shit. I mean, Jaden could have done something else other than, ooh, it's having a psychic moment. You know what? I just, just, is there, I wonder why there's so many Disney Channel star. I mean, because you think about it, you've got, uh, uh, Demi Lovato was a huge Disney Channel star. You had, uh, Ariana Grande. She was. As a guest, Joe's. Who? Demi Lovato? It's always sunny okay. in, uh, what was the name of her show? Uh, now you're gonna make me go look it up. But my point is, is it's very uh, Disney Channel. Um, Sorry, I stopped so. watching the Disney Channel right around High School Musical. Okay, great. Anyway, twenty-two. <laughs> Actually, uh, let's see. According to the Wikipedia, Demi Lovato made her acting debut on Barney and Friends. Um, but she was, uh, she's, yeah, she rose to prominence in the Disney Channel television film Camp Rock and signed a recording contract with Hollywood Records. Are you secretly trying to tell us that Logo TV and RuPaul's Drag Race Corporation is this? Is I don't know. Is this like? Is this like there were bombs in the, the Twin Towers? <laughs> right, exactly. Is that what this is? Excellent. Our next email comes in from Ed Chan, who writes to us about conjoined mayhem. Hello, gay pirates panel. I'm hoping y'all weren't too baked from the 420 celebrations to pay attention to the most recent episode. Then again, there's always a recording or a rerun. It's coming to three-week mark of recording for the RuPaul Drag Race, and the strain on the contestants are starting to show. With most of the weaker queens gone, my opinion is that the next to leave is either Miss Fame or Katya, depending on who cracks under the pressure first. Either that or RuPaul gets sick of Kennedy and sends her ass home. What do y'all think? Overall, this was the best episode of the season, in my humble opinion, with this being the makeover challenge. I guess that means there won't be any hot guys like the military men and jocks from past seasons. Wonder if someone could get could suggest to RuPaul to rope in for season eight, maybe cops or firemen or either leathermen from IML. On a side note, I wonder how many of the under twenty kids even know who Tiffany is. <laughs> Thanks for Ed Chan. So yes, I guess uh, we did. We passed the four twenty celebration, which I I did not celebrate four twenty. Uh, I don't know if either of you did. Nope. I, I would become a unfunctioning vegetable. So <laughs> I'd be dead. So I'd there you be- go. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, she called, I mean, Ed Chan called this one, right? Miss Fame left this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I, I watch on, on Monday nights with, um, some friends of mine. And as soon as Tiffany came on, we all howled. We might as well have been at the bar, um, because we're all like 40 plus and, <laughs> and it was just like freaking awesome that, yeah, it, it, I thought it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. It, it, yeah. Yeah, but if going off that same line, it's like, how would they know who, I mean, really, like, how would these youngins know about John Waters? He hasn't put out a movie recently. Yeah, how but would, well, there's a thing called the internet that has every movie and song ever made on it. And that's, true. The, that's the world that they live in. Young queens don't care about what came I disagree. I think some of them do. Snapchat. Oh, whatever. We love their dick, we love their dick pics. Please keep sending them. Let me take a whole R-R at pride48.com. Has someone been sending you dick pics and no one's sending me dick pics? I I I inspect them for quality assurance. All right, uh, our next email comes in from Musing Mark with the subject of she done already done had hers. Uh, he writes, "Hello, my queens. I think the conjoined twins episode was my favorite so far. You can tell he's a ex Canadian because he uses a U in favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that and I loved it. I was like, hey." The challenge was original and fresh, if a bit confusing. Why force Tempest and Sasha Bell to lip sync with their twins? Tempest and Sasha were already eliminated. But it was more entertaining to bring back all of the eliminated girls and have a competition than to have Trixie jump out of a box. I really didn't notice him before, but Sasha is one handsome man. He's cute, sleepy-eyed, and buttery Midwestern boy. But he should probably stay out of drag. It's not his forte. Just be a boy. IJS! Using Mark. Um... He's absolutely right. Sasha is very beautiful as a boy. And but says, really? He a- is. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I th- But I, he brings up a really good point, right? In the past, when they've done the makeover the straight men or whatever main, t- they weren't part of the lip sync at the end. It's but, like, 
it this came down what i thought was so genius about that episode was that if you're doing a conjoined twins you had to have them do a conjoined lip sync and it really forced these queens to try and do something crazy and original and be funny and i i I thought it was genius and i think if you had split them up it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have been as good no i agree with i agree with you john on there big time all right great uh, I just don't agree that Sasha's cute at all. Whatever. You know what? If, okay. everyone, uh, so if everyone likes Ford, Chevy would be out of business. All right. Our last email comes into us. No, wait, not our last one. Our next to last one. I guess this makes it the penultimate email. Comes oh. into us from someone named Turniped, who writes to us yeah. with the subject of Trixie's return. Go ahead and read it. I know. I, know. I hate her too. Hate her too. <laughs> hey, gang. Just wanted to ask for some clarification on Donna's comments, which sounded like the reason Trixie was the one that came back was due to the outcry from the audience over social media. So my confusion lies in that my understanding is that the show was shot, printed, edited, and completed before Christmas. I've only listened to the show once and wasn't able to take notes. Maybe I should try listening again. Anyway, my point in writing is, would Donna be so kind as to clarify? That would be awesome. Thanks, Heaps. Turn up head. Okay. I have to admit that <laughs> Turn up, you are absolutely right. Um, yes, the show, is, <laughs> the show is long done. Um, <laughs> so you are right with that. I think it was more in my own head because I thought he was an amazing talent and, and I'm glad he's back. I mean, really, I think that he is a great performer and I think he deserved to be in the top. So I'm going to get my chance to believe that. Now, do you not think Trixie is cute as a boy, Jason? I mean, turn a pen. <laughs> Who? I don't know. I've, 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 Beth, Beth, Steve, Bob. Bob. Hello, this is Harold. Um, <laughs> Trixie, yeah, is cute physically. I don't like what what Trixie brings to the table um, as just tri- as as a boy. But um, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard for me to. It's it's really hard for me to articulate. Um, I'm really happy that Trixie's back. I think Trixie has, um, uh, a a good opportunity here. What disappoints me about Trixie is that he didn't start out of the, uh, like come out of the gates wanting to win. And it kind of looked like he wanted to, you know, the first, you know, little bit was him, you know, how how do I warming up? He should have come out fighting from square one. I, 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 you know, I, again, I'll say this because I said it before. I, I think just those first four challenges just didn't really give him a chance. They were so constrained in what you had to do that they weren't, you know, you really couldn't do anything funny because it was like, here, you have to do this skit with four other people. And so you can't okay. just go off and do that. And I, and I totally get that. But that means you need to be adaptable. Yeah. Well. I mean, you know, any actor out there has to be adaptable, you know? So, you know, if you want to be accepted for a lot of roles, you have to be adaptable. Right. Well, we're, yeah. we're getting off the point sorry. here. The point yeah, here sorry. is that... Can I, uh, can I get off the point one more time? Because I'm genuinely curious. So we know that Joe loves himself some Pearl. Yes. We know that you love yourself some Trixie. I do. I have this weird crush on Tempest for some reason. I find him... Ooh. Daddy-ish about him, like, kind of adorable. Um, and I find Sasha super cute. Who do you find cute as a boy this season, Turner? Miles Davis Moody. <laughs> one of the okay. scruff, one of the pit crew. Huh? One of the pit. I'm yeah. I'm not attracted to any of them. They're not. They're not. They're not my shtick. Now I know Miles Davis Moody. I know uh, you do. We're friends with him. And he's wonderful. Yes. You know, he's identical twin brother. Who's a yeah. He he makes he is made he continually makes fun of my name Turnipet. There you go. Anyway, sorry. So all right, our final email comes in to us uh, one more time from Musing Mark, who writes the subject line of legendary, more like legendary. <laughs> uh, hey guys, Miss Theme's elimination was no big surprise, but in her deference, nobody could have made that poo skit funny. The writing was bad, maybe because the skit was nothing like the original scene in Pink Flamingos. The other skits were closer to the originals and therefore funnier. The other teams had better material to work with. Ginger has ridden in my estimation, has risen in my estimation. Her cover of Let the Music Play on Cover Girls 2 is really good. She has some real talent. Have your opinions of her changed? Using Mark. No, my opinion of Ginger has not changed. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I However, like- I like Ginger Minge. I do, you know, I do love me some Trixie. I bought a Trixie Mattel t-shirt. And however, I am going to 
I'm going to let you guys know this. Katya is actually going to be in Providence, Rhode Island this coming Thursday, uh, May 7th. So I am I am going to go see her. So I'm going to go and actually see Katya perform in Providence, Rhode Island. So that's how much I love Katya. So I'm going to go haul my ass an hour and a half down the road to go see her perform. Now, I don't, now, <laughs> you know that there is an app that will tell you where drag queens are performing, right? No, I did not. Um, we learned, about, I learned about it from Cocktails and Cream Puffs because we interviewed one of the designers. Yes, it's what's it called? called? My City. And download this app. It's on all platforms. And if you put in the name of the drag queen, it will show you where they're performing. If they're performing close to you and you can put in a distance, you can put in clubs and find out who's performing at clubs. It's an amazing app. I absolutely love it and I'm obsessed with it. And what's it called again? Drag in My City? Right called drag my city i'll drag my city all right i'll check that out uh there you go those were our emails those were our uh all of our contact there we did not go over untucked this week just because uh the logistics of being on the road and uh joe patance had a engagement this evening which is why he could not be here uh which is which is going to be extra work just a little behind a little inside baseball joe is the one that pulls all the clips and usually writes the script although this week i slapped together what we laughingly call a script however Thank you for joining us for another recap of RuPaul's Drag Race. Visit our website, pride48.com slash RDRR, where you can find all of our contact information. Leave it. You know what? I still haven't put the contact information on that site. So <laughs> yes, I don't know why I still tell people. Uh, to, I'm episode going to do it. Nine. What? What? Episode nine? Yeah, I know. I, well, it's not like, <laughs> you know how to get to us. You just email RDRR at pride48.com is our email address. That's really what you want to do. You can leave us a comment and find all of our old episodes. You can actually do both of those two things on our website. So until next week, to what? So until next week, for Donna Sugars, for Beth Western. Western. <laughs> Western. It's Beth Western. And myself. <laughs> Sashay away. Until next week. <laughs>